Hey guys, we're back. It's James Tiley and Johnny Fry, and I'm a little hungover from the American Thanksgiving. I got that turkey tryptophan. Uh, I know we talked about it earlier, but I've just I've not gotten over it yet. I'm I'm hurting. So James, you've not gone cold turkey, have you? Cold turkey. You know, we'll discuss the quitting smoking thing later. Uh, let's not bother. Is it yours, Bolt? Erzbolt, right? Yeah, Erzbolt. Erzbolt wrote a featured article. Yeah. So Johnny brought you on, and uh, the Great Convergence, the encroachment of DeFi into CeFi. I'm going to enjoy uh, this one. Well, but welcome, welcome to the show, Els. Good to have you on the on the show. Uh, first time being here. I, I think it'll be the first of a number of times, hopefully. But you've written this um, article about sort of Great Convergence, and we've had a number of people talking about the, the era of convergence and how sort of decentralized um, or DeFi finance and centralized finance CFI, how they're sort of sort of um merging or sort of coming closer and closer so really interested before we get to that can you just give the listeners a bit of background about um about yourself um and you know w- you know how you've got involved in in this sector yeah sure i'm a, a veteran banker in a way but um also had phases when I was working technology, uh, usually banking technology, risk management, stuff like this. When I early started, early 90s, I was a trader in currencies, money markets, also rate swaps. So I know quite a bit about the OTC market from that time. I think that's not that much changed, but the channels, the formats, the technology obviously changed. Then I got into uh, technology when Basel II came into place, data integration, stuff like this. Make story short, after eight and a half years, got back into banking at UBS. I did post-trade services um, programs, rolled it out uh, around the world. And that's also when I met one of your uh, guest speakers, Olaf Ransom, when it was about uh, CLS, continuous linked settlement systems, stuff like this, all in the space of post-trade service for FX and currencies and cash management. Then I went into the world of wealth management at UBS, still the projects in London, in Germany, in in Moscow. And then end of 2009, I moved over to Credit Suisse and went to London for two and a half years, was in prime services. We opened the platform for our top clients in the ultra high net worth space. It was quite exciting. I think there's not much left over at one cap at square, to be honest, but I have no idea what the guys are doing. If there is anyone left, I would know. And then, and end of, and then was five years in the, uh, independent, uh, asset managers or external asset managers, as we call them here in Switzerland. So basically the intermediary space for five years of credit Swiss, then got out, uh, went into, uh, end of 17. Uh, did my own advisory, including some blockchain startups, started to learn about all the digital asset space, crypto, etc. So back then for like more than two years now, I'm with a tech firm, a leading engineering company in Switzerland called T&M and um, in product management, product marketing. And that's where I am today here. And I'm writing articles about the topics you just mentioned. Uh, how is DeFi kind of encroaching into CFI because I see just some fundamental trends in the space now. Um, some are accelerated, well, obviously, okay, by some sure. crypto. So, so let's, let's start at the... Sure. Erz is going to love... James is going to love you because he, he's an old Wall Street veteran. 
I just realized <laughs> we were talking off air, right? And he, you Yo. said you were a Noiseworks fan. Yeah. So I they mean, did have a song. One of, one of the bands. I, I still have CDs at home and um, still have the old store and could listen right away. Because <laughs> they did have a popular song out. I mean, I was 12 years old, uh, but it's called Take Me Back. Yep, exactly. And, and you were you triggered that. Yeah, you triggered that in my mind. I, you're, you're, don't get me wrong. I'm enjoying the finance, um, mm-hmm. but you know I'm me. And uh, it annoyed me that I did recognize Noiseworks while we were talking. <laughs> and then what you were talking about going back in your history, it just magically appeared. Yeah. See, that's Take how it me works. back by Noiseworks. I mean, they were very, they were popular in the in the in the in the Australia in the eighties, I believe, until the nineties. Right, I was a kid, that's but like that was trouble. when Midnight Oil and other other OC bands. But that's Midnight just the Oil rock part, yeah. Very All right, cool. I didn't mean to break your. <laughs> yeah, thanks, anyway. thanks, James. Thanks. We were just about to get into DeFi, and you took us back to the eighties. To that's you know, what I do. <laughs> <laughs> so, Earls, what what do you what do you actually mean by DeFi? Because obviously. We've got listeners literally all over the world in almost, well, 190 countries listening to Cyber.fm. So I'm interested, how would you explain to, to a novice what DeFi means? Yeah, I mean, that's exactly the right question to ask. So obviously, um, the inventors who came with DeFi, decentralized finance, wanted to get rid of, let's say, central authorities or um, regulatory bodies, etc., and also to um, take out the risks you have when you have to transact with um, in bilateral agreements, etc. So, it's almost what what's happening now, and I think the idea, the concept, is quite brilliant. If you take out the human being, right? What we just see now, of course, now the big happenings is a more centralized. Um, finance with these um, exchanges and brokerages but above all what I mean with human being the problem is really there is greed and they are there are crooks out there which which um, make the space a bit difficult that pure DeFi decentralized finance can take hold and I mean that was also one reason and the trends I followed why I wrote the article but it's almost like what Tim Berners-Lee says about forget about the Web3 hype. That's all wrong. Just forget about it. Try to really think about what what do we really need in the internet, right? And I'm not sure in what direction. I mean, I, I pretty much know in what direction it goes, where we all come from here on the podcast. We will go into a regulated space. Otherwise, we will not get the support of the... Um, institutional money and Absolutely. of the big mainstream. So this yeah. is something I think it's almost like an innovator's dilemma with DeFi. They will certainly, the technology by itself will be used. That's for sure. But will it be, will it be also in an environment where we can truly say we got rid of the systemic risk of the traditional financial system? Okay. You're decentralizing. It's, a way of life as opposed to technology, might be. Yeah, it 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 ha- is a lot a lot to do as well how your mindset is and 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 yeah, you can almost call it a way of life, but it's also the culture and in what environment did our economic system, the financial system, um, 
actually proliferate, you know, basically goes also how is capitalism functioning, right? And if you okay, fundamentally want to change that, it needs it needs a huge rethink. And I'm not I, I know the people who who can do it, know it, but will they find a majority of people that I doubt? And I say that because I have a libertarian mindset, right? Okay, but but why should people listen to this? Why should they care? What's what's the big deal about DeFi? You know, we've got banks, we've got asset managers. They've been around for yonks. Um, do we really um, do we really care? Does it does will it impact on people? Yeah, it it will certainly do because what these new concept of decentralized finance with the underlying technology, the foundations, how you can build it, and on which it is actually already built. Uh, technology-wise is um, very appealing because it, it it really allows to build ecosystems and include, in a way, do financial inclusion. I'm not talking about basic banking services, of course, but to widen the space for investors and to create platforms and ecosystems which make it much easier to exchange value assets, transact with it, what we probably would call in the old world uh, delivery versus payment and stuff like this, because it's all on a distributed ledger and you can basically put it into smart contracts or basically program it, including all the life cycle transactions. So that will, and that's what I also think is one area where the potential for these technologies will be huge is private market assets, which Often when you look at your own firm, you probably have a piece, a word document where you write in um, your statutes and everything for the shareholders, etc. And then you have an Excel sheet where you do the registry of the shares. And now, and we already have it, is it's just not yet that mainstream, but it already works. You can now issue shares on a DLT with smart contracts where everything can be built in and programmed in. So everything can be automated as well. So this right. that's why I say the technologies, the building blocks, etc., they will be used. And I think there's quite a common uh, agreement among experts from the bank side uh, or from the incumbent side, established uh, financial services players and from the new world who go into the space. And, and, and in, in, your, in your article, you, 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 you illustrate and, and remind us of the growth of private assets. So these are companies typically that aren't quoted. Uh, because in theory, in the public environment, you're a public company, you have to file your reports and accounts. And in theory, you, know, you have to say how much the directors own and what the debt is. So information is a much more, in theory, transparent, whereas in private markets, um, the information is typically only in the hands of the the people running the companies um, and the, the, the shareholders who tend to be large organisations. So, so a lot of the smaller clients, retail clients, lady and man in the street are, are locked out. But we're beginning to see that change as blockchain technology shines some transparency on on what were fairly opaque markets, which is interesting. Absolutely. There, there is already one part of the convergence and why I see the institutionalization of DeFi is, so you see wealth tax, which usually allow people to invest maybe at lower thresholds with little money, which they before couldn't do with the established um, wealth managers or advisors. So that's one part of it, which they provide access via a simple app or a portal or whatever. And the other part is 
the huge volume you have in private market assets, which needs to be dealt with in a much more efficient way in terms of administration. So primary markets, how do you issue an equity, but also debt, but also tokenize real assets, you know, collaterals, which you possibly want to tokenize to get funding. And and this these technologies now, the blockchain technologies and all coming with it, DLT, smart contracts. And also when you have a regulatory framework like in Switzerland and hopefully soon in many other places too, you can actually use this and to bring it together. So you basically have the wealth tech space. It's like in fintech. They often did a very great user experience, which mm-hmm. is not yet the case maybe in many aspects in the crypto space. And we're actually not talking real crypto assets or native crypto assets. We rather talk about digital assets, which build on something tangible, which we already know about, which is also regulated. And we just build a digital twin of it. And that's that's why I see to, in a way, widen access for more investors for the affluent space. There is a convergence angle Got here it. coming together. Got it. And 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 you've obviously got experience because you've you've personally worked in a number of countries. But it, but it's interesting to see this the, the the use of the technology and this convergence. It's, it's not just happening in Zurich, and it's not just happening in London. It's not just happening in Singapore. And you you quoted in your article a number of different countries um, and a number of real examples of it's not just chat, it's actually happening. So if anyone would like to get a copy um, of the article, if anyone wants to get then obviously, you know, you can go on to digitalbytes.substack.com. But as if anyone would like to get hold of you, what's the best way to get hold of you to find out a little bit more um, about some of these topics that you're raising in your article this week? Um, the best is following me on Twitter. So I'm tweeting, I don't know how many times a day. Following right. these topics, you find me, of course, also on LinkedIn. You type in my name into Google, you find my YouTube channel. It's not extremely busy there, but when I have, when I do a speech, when I have um, uh, something I can share, it's also shared on my YouTube channel. And um, but basically, Twitter is my main channel where I share what I see and read. So basically everything. Uh, It's Earthbolt. It's it's always U-R-S, Bolt, like the Sprinter, B-O-L-T, and you find me. You can just Google me and you find me. It's Bolt, as in the thing that Frankenstein popped through his neck. I don't know that one. He doesn't know that one. Remember... Remember Usain Bolt, the world's yeah, fastest runner? That's the one. Because, oh, you know, I was, I was faster than Usain before he was born. I did an 11-second hand-stop in my 400-meter trainings when I was an active uh, athlete. Uh, that was obviously quite... Was that when you were on the run from the compliance department? <laughs> no. No, no, my God. <laughs> James, the compliance not... department at those times, they were, <laughs> did they really exist already? I'm not even sure. <laughs> when <laughs> seconds are required, sure. the SEC are minutes away. Yeah. <laughs> any any thoughts, James, before we wrap up this week's show? Obviously, I know you share a lot of, uh, you understand a lot of this because you were very active in Wall Street and in some of things that I was just talking about. Any Any thoughts on this convergence topic we've been talking about? Well, yeah, you know, my whenever we talk about I'm the I'm the dumb American, right? So it, you guys, I always say, are a few steps ahead of us in terms of regulation and you know s- 
centralization when it's I believe it's centralization when it's needed as opposed to having it be needed. So mm-hmm. every time that we get an example like this, I feel like you're doing it right as long as and this is probably a good example in the end where you go, so is DeFi meeting CeFi and oxymoron and that's been the, the subject lately. DeFi absolutely on point for those of us who might claim to be able to manage everything on ourselves, right? And then CFI absolutely should take on a few DeFi concepts in a structure where, you know, Titan Bay asset management is going to, you know, safely procure digital assets for people that just, they got no business doing that. They just, they want their money. They want it held somewhere with, uh, you know, new exciting features like a DAO. I don't there's a role for it. There, there's absolutely a role for it. And I think that you guys are... So like this article touched on the good examples as opposed to really, I'm sorry, but what's going on in the U.S. is a little bit different. So well, I do become James, a bit think, dumbfounded. Well, James, I think, I, well, yeah, I think you're, you're surprisingly humble for America. And I think that's why we get on so well. But, you know, you, you've done... The Yanks are doing some great stuff. But I, I suppose I would just like to finish with one little example um, because a lot of people, you know, the Swiss don't just make chocolate, great chocolate and fantastic watches. Um, but I think in this particular space, really interesting to see what your old employers did um, at Unibank of Switzerland and created a digital bond that was freely tradable in, a, if you like, the old fashioned sort of electronic paper way. And it's going to become part of the Swiss bond index, but also in a digital manner. Um, and it was issued or it, it's tradable on the Singapore and the Swiss digital exchanges and i think that's just a fantastic example of how the, this sort of emergence the sorry the convergence of the sort of the new and the old worlds come together and people can trade the one that they feel is appropriate the one that they want and i think over time we'll see institutions being exposed to both if you like DeFi and, and cfi so um, absolutely that's really great but uh, yeah. thank you thank you for coming on the show thanks for sharing some of your thoughts and, Thank uh, you, Johnny. We'll Thank you, James. Yes, I hope that's so good. too. I'm overdue Brilliant. to visit London Brilliant. again. And James, that's uh, another week. Um, you've got Thanksgiving over. Next week, it'll almost be December, not quite, um, for the next next show. So um, we'll be back on the air. Um, if anyone wants a copy of um, Digital Bytes, as we said, it's uh, www.digitalbytes.substack.com or you can contact James Tiley or myself, Johnny Fry, we're both on LinkedIn and we'll happily uh, send you a copy of Erz's article and the rest of this week's Digital Bytes. I think, I think, I think it's easier to go to teamblockchain.net and just stick it's your email right in there. You've now revamped the whole website. You're correct. Don't take this it's away from me. This is my moment. <laughs> a big thank you for the new, new look website. Go and have a look at it and check out all the different articles and podcasts that James and I have been talking about for a while now.